What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through some of the top waiver wire ads heading into week three of the NFL season. So if you guys are new to my channel or new to this style of video, basically I just run through you know, every fantasy position, talk about around five players who I think are solid ads this week. And then these are gonna be guys who are available in 60% or more leagues. So I'm using the uh, ESPN you know, ownership percentage to find those players. While you guys are watching, if you have any fantasy questions, doesn't have to be waiver wire, could be start sit, trade advice, whatever it is, you guys can drop those down below and I'll be responding to every single person. And then if you are enjoying the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. That really does do a ton and uh, I'd really appreciate it. But now let's jump into the running back position and we're gonna start it off here with Rashad White. He is still only owned in 15.2% of leagues. Guys, I cannot express this enough. Rashad White needs to be owned in every single 10-team league, every single 12-team league, and then obviously, you know, if you're playing in more leagues, he also should be owned in those. He is Fournette's handcuff. Fournette has one of the largest workloads of any running back in the NFL. Just being honest, I listed Fournette uh, in my buy low video that will be coming out today. Maybe you've already seen it, maybe you haven't. I think Fournette is a fantastic buy low. But I'm also acknowledging that if they're giving him 23 carries a game and three targets per game, he's likely not going to be playing a full 17-game season. If Fournette misses time, Rashad White is going to step up and he's going to be a very, very startable running back too. You guys may have running backs on your benches who are like these third down backs. You're probably never going to feel comfortable actually throwing them into your lineup. Rashad White isn't going to give you anything on a week-to-week basis, but if Fournette goes down, he becomes very, very viable in starting lineups. He's the only other Tampa Bay running back with a touch. Like Giovanni Bernard hasn't even touched the ball. Keyshawn Vaughn hasn't been active. Rashad White is the guy, so he needs to be owned in over 15% of leagues. Then we've got Daryl Williams coming in here at only 3.7% owned. We saw James Conner leave the Cardinals game with an ankle injury. Not really sure what the severity of that is. At the time I'm recording this, it doesn't seem like it's super serious. But, you know, if James Conner misses any time, I think Daryl Williams is probably startable. He saw eight carries for 59 yards, also got in on the end zone, and then was targeted three times, caught two of those for three receptions. You also have Eno Benjamin in that backfield. He was kind of more the third down-ish back when James Conner was healthy. I do think, though, that if Connor misses, I do think Daryl Williams would be the guy you want out of this backfield. Then the third running back here is going to be Khalil Herbert. He's owned in 28.6% of leagues, and right now he's just slotting in as the Montgomery handcuff. He's going to be getting some work on a week-to-week basis, but he's going to be you know, getting his max value if David Montgomery goes down, so kind of like a lesser version of Rashad White in terms of like handcuff situations. Then we have Brian Robinson, who's owned in 35.8% of leagues. It looks like he is aiming for a week five return. Remember, coming into the season, Brian Robinson was lined up to be the running back one. I know people love Antonio Gibson, and that's fine. But just understanding that if Brian Robinson can come back and is the same player he was before he got shot, crazy thing to say. But you know, if he can do that, he could be the number one of this offense, and he's just sitting there on waivers only owned in 36% of leagues. Also, in most leagues, you'll just be able to toss him right on your IR, so you're not even really like burning a roster spot. He definitely needs to be picked up more, because I promise you, we get to week four, it announces, you know, he's coming back. He's just going to get scooped up everywhere, so better to kind of plan ahead with that one. Then we've got Kenneth Gainwell, who is owned in 26.3% of leagues. Obviously, the running back two behind Miles Sanders. 
He's playing tonight, so we don't really know about his week two performance. But week one, saw a decent workload, five carries, four targets. He will be getting work on a week-to-week basis, but his upside, similar to Herbert, similar to Rashad White, would be with a Miles Sanders injury. And then just a few honorable mentions to some rookie running backs. Starting off with Tyler Algier. He's not on the graphic, but he did receive 10 rush attempts per day. That really was because uh, Damian Williams was out. So he stepped into that RB2 role behind Cordero Patterson. We'll see if he, you know, holds on to that role. I would like to think that the younger, you know, rookie option would beat out the, you know, older veteran Damian Williams, but who knows? At this point, he's definitely not startable, even if he's getting 10 carries a game, just because the Falcons offense looks brutal. I have lots of thoughts on that. I'll probably get into it throughout the week when we talk about Kyle Pitts, but not exactly super optimistic about this Falcons offense, aside from Drake London, who has just been a monster. And then the other rookie running back is Ty Davis-Price. He actually saw 14 carries in this game. Didn't really do a ton with it, but they consistently you know, continue to get him the ball. Only four less carries than Jeff Wilson. I still clearly think Jeff Wilson is the, you know, the running back to own there. But Ty Davis-Price is just an interesting player to keep an eye on. It seems like that 49ers backfield always has turnover. So, you know, Davis-Price, just keep an eye out. If you're in a super deep league and he's on the waiver wire, I think he's a solid add here, even if he is just the RB2 at this point for the 49ers. Now we're going to shift over to the wide receiver position. Being totally honest, the wide receiver position is pretty thin, but I do think there's one top option here, and that is going to be Sterling Shepard. He tore his Achilles in week 15. I was not expecting him to come back and do much, to be totally honest. It's impressive that he is back and playing you know, from week one, but he has had a role in both games. Week one was targeted four times, caught two of those for 71 yards and a touchdown. So very strong return. The volume wasn't really there. So, you know, we didn't really know what to expect heading into week two. Week two, the dude is targeted 10 times, catches six of them for 34 yards. So a less impressive like fantasy day, but I love that 10 target number. If you guys remember or were here last year, I was throwing Sterling Shepard on every single waiver wire video because when this dude would play a full game, he was like a guaranteed high volume performer. The problem is he could never finish a game and he could just never stay healthy. I really felt like Sterling Shepard was a guy who could have been a league winner if he could just get on the field. So then coming off the Achilles tear, I obviously wasn't as bought in on him, but now it looks like he is a key part in this Giants offense. In week two, I talked about the 10 targets. He had a 91% route participation. That is fantastic. 32% target share, and then 44% air yard share. When we're looking at the other wide receivers on this team, you've got Kadarius Toney, who's in the doghouse, barely even getting in games. Wondell Robinson is injured. And then Kenny Galladay just seems like he's toast as a player. Sterling Shepard is the wide receiver to own for the Giants moving forward. And I think he's probably the top, you know, wide receiver ad, unless you're in a league where, you know, you've got some better options available, but, you know, using the ESPN source, he's like the top option for dudes who are available in 60% or more leagues. And it looks like with his ownership, he's actually available in 90% of leagues. Then the next wide receiver is going to be Jamison Williams, still working his way back from a torn ACL. He was someone you would just slide right into that IR spot. And the appeal here with Williams is we're looking at this uh, Lions offense. They're a pretty solid unit. They're able to move the ball. They've put together, you know, some high scoring games. So if he is very talented and he gets back to close to 100%, I think he could slide in and have a role, you know, from day one in this offense operating behind Amon Ra. I'm pretty confident that a healthy Jamison Williams, you know, would beat out all those dudes for that wide receiver two spot. So just someone that 
I'd rather have a stash on my bench and not have to, you know, see him ball out and then everyone's running to the waiver wire to get him. Then a few more wide receivers. We've got Noah Brown here, who is only owned in 0.8% of leagues. A great performance this week. Five targets, caught all five of them for 91 yards and a touchdown. 20.1 fantasy points. He obviously had some chemistry with Cooper Rush. To be totally honest here, I'm not really expecting this to continue, especially because it seems like Michael Gallup is very, very close to returning. But if Gallup misses another game or two, you know, maybe you're in a deeper league. Noah Brown is someone who could be interesting. Then we've got Greg Dortch with the uh, Cardinals, owned in 2.2% of leagues. He's been a factor in back-to-back games. Week one, targeted nine times, caught seven of them for 63 yards. Then week two, targeted four times, caught all four of them for 55 yards and a touchdown. Until DeAndre Hopkins comes back, we've also got Rondell Moore, you know, who seems like he's going to miss a few weeks. AJ Green looks like he's pretty washed up at this point. Greg Dortch is probably going to have a role on a consistent basis. This Cardinals offense has kind of struggled, definitely came alive uh, later on in week two, but he's honestly someone who's interesting and should be, you know, probably owned in 12 or, you know, more team leagues, especially competitive ones where the waiver wire is, you know, pretty thin at this point. Then we've got Isaiah McKenzie as the final wide receiver, owning 15.6% of leagues. He's playing tonight but is someone who I think can be a very solid fantasy wide receiver if he can beat out Jamison Crowder for that slot role. So that's going to wrap it up for the wide receivers. Now moving over to the quarterbacks, we're going to start it off here with Marcus Mariota, owned in only 9% of leagues. He didn't have a crazy day this week, 15.4 points, but that's in a pretty tough matchup against the Rams. He had 19.8 points week one, and his fantasy upside is going to be coming from his rushing ability and just his rushing volume. He has 18 carries through the first two weeks, so definitely someone to keep an eye on, and is also someone who I'd be comfortable streaming. You know, maybe you're in a deeper league, or maybe you're just in a league where you had Dak, you had Trey Lance, and you know some teams are stashing two quarterbacks. I think you could do worse than Marcus Mariota as a streamer. The next quarterback is Jameis Winston, owned in 36.7% of leagues. You may be thinking, how did Jameis Winston make this list after his brutal performance? Like full transparency, he was awful. Terrible in week two, three interceptions. It was against a tough Bucks defense. And when we're looking at these, you know, waiver wire quarterbacks, there's not a ton of elite options. I still think he's going to be a solid streamer in the long term. He has the weapons around him with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. He didn't have Alvin Kamara in this game. I think Winston will be fine for fantasy purposes. Remember, you're not going to be getting, you know, the elite Jameis Winston ceilings for fantasy where he's throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns without getting some of the real clunker games. So this was one of the bad ones. Coming into the week, I actually thought he'd have a decent shot at, you know, a decent performance against the Buccaneers. It didn't happen. We'll move on, but I do think Jameis can bounce back. And then the third and final quarterback is going to be Jared Goff, owned in 6.8% of leagues. Heading into the season, I did not think I'd be sitting here talking about Jared Goff as a solid fantasy pickup. But like I talked about earlier with Jamison Williams, this Lions offense is not bad. Jared Goff, 15.5 points in week one, 26 points here in week two. The Lions have scored 35 and 36 points through two weeks. They've been good. It's kind of wild. And then Goff has had some decent passing volume, 37 attempts week one, 34 pass attempts week two. That might've been flipped, not sure. But you know, through two weeks, 37 and 34 pass attempts, he's surrounded by strong weapons. Amon Ra is just a monster. TJ Hawkinson's had a slow start, but still a very solid tight end. 
DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. Their offensive line is very strong. So he's not someone I'd love starting, but kind of like I talked about with these other dudes, if you're in a deeper league, your quarterback goes down, you need a spot fill in. I think you could do worse. Now moving over to the tight ends, we're going to start it off with Gerald Everett, who is owned in 30.7% of leagues. You'd be surprised how many massive Gerald Everett fans there are out there. I listed him as a sit in my start sit video. He may have been the player I got the most hate for sitting. To be totally honest with you, I was not super in on Everett. I was pretty skeptical. You know, you look at his entire career, he's never really done anything. I wasn't ready to buy in after one solid game. But after two solid performances, I'm definitely more in here on Gerald Everett. So week one, he was targeted four times, three receptions, 51 receiving yards and a touchdown, 14.4 fantasy points, and then a 66% snap share. Week two follows it up with an even better performance in terms of usage-wise, 10 targets, six receptions, 71 yards, 13.1 fantasy points, and then a 67% snap share. That is very strong production, especially at the tight end position. So Gerald Everett should definitely be the number one priority waiver ad. Then we've got, or I meant for the tight end position, not overall, but he's probably pretty close to up there for other positions also. Then we've got Logan Thomas, who's owned in 17.8% of leagues. Just some, you know, decent volume in back-to-back weeks. Week one, six targets, three receptions, 45 yards. Week two, five targets, three receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown. The bar is very, very low for tight ends, but, you know, if you're getting consistent five, six targets, you become a streamer. That's just how thin this tight end position is. A tight end who is actually very interesting heading into week three is Evan Ingram. He's only owned in 11.6% of leagues. He actually led the Jaguars in targets this week with eight, seven receptions for 46 yards. He had an 85% route participation. That is the very, very important number there. They were playing him as the clear-cut number one. He was getting opportunities, had a 27% target share. He is someone that I would actually strongly consider making a start heading into week three. I'll have to dig a little bit deeper, but in terms of like fringe option streamers, he should also be up there as one of the top options. Then we've got Tyler Conklin, who is owned in 1.7% of leagues. He's gone out and put up decent production in back-to-back weeks. He's had 16 targets through the first two games. Week one, 11.6 fantasy points. Week two, 10 points. At the tight end position, that is getting it done. I'm not sure how confident I am that that will continue, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see with Tyler Conklin. And then in the fifth spot, I have David Njoku, owned in 36% of leagues. Totally honest, he's been pretty brutal to start off. It's been rough. He was someone I thought was a decent like late round option. He was the number two on the Browns in targets this week. It's a low bar because I think he only was targeted five times, but maybe something he could build on. I think this slot could also go to Irv Smith, who plays tonight. So obviously, if you know we're watching this or you're watching this, and then Irv Smith goes out and balls out on uh, Monday night, then he's obviously someone who would be somewhere on this tight end waiver wire. Now moving over to the defenses, just going to quickly run through some of the top streaming options. We've got the Seahawks, who are only owned in 1.2% of leagues. They face off against the Falcons. We've got the Bears, owned in 1.8% of leagues, going up against the Texans. Eagles, owned in 21.3% of leagues, going up against the Commanders. Commanders, like back-to-back solid offensive performances, not sure if they're going to keep that up throughout the season, but we'll see. Then we've got the Giants owned in 1.6% of leagues. They go up against the Cowboys. Cowboys were decent without Dak, you know, with Cooper Rush out there. We'll see if that continues. Then we've got the Vikings owned in 5% of leagues going up against the Lions. 
Lions kind of in a similar spot with the Commanders. It seems like their offense shouldn't be so good, but they're producing at this point in the season. So that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire targets. If you guys did enjoy the video, please hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then also stay tuned because today I'm going to be posting my buy low and sell high player videos. So, you know, go look for those when they're out. Uh, If you're watching this a few hours after it was posted, the buy low is probably out. Sell high will probably be out in a few hours. So stay tuned for all that. Thank you guys again for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.